The Las Vegas Aces took home the first of two championship trophies from the WNBA season this year. And our Aces beat writer, Matthew Walter, is here to break down, can they make it a two for two and get the double? It's the Lockdown Women's Basketball Podcast. Let's go. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are your team every day here at the Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm Alex Simon. I'm filling in today for Howard Megdal from the next here as a host. I'm from Bay Area News Group. And yes, your team every day. Thank you, by the way, for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. And remember that Lockdown Women's Basketball is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube every day, where you can see the video and get to say hello to Matthew Walter here on the YouTube video. Matt, Thanks for joining us this morning. And um, what has this week been like to kind of virtually cover a championship? Has that been weird? Yeah, it's different than, you know, a normal game day, right? There's a lot of more fanfare around it. I think the number of media people that are there, both in person and virtually, is different. And just, you know, it's a little more structured and a little more set up to give, you know, the players opportunities to talk and, and everybody an opportunity to speak, but also opportunities for us to ask questions and you get to see things specific, right? And Amazon Prime is a different sort of look at the game than, you know, you would normally see from an ESPN or a CBS sports network. But it was nice. Like, we got to hear Don Staley talk a lot during the game, and she had a lot of very interesting and fun things to say while watching the Commissioner's Cup. So it's a very enjoyable experience, and, you know, it, it gets to sort of a little bit of a taste of what playoffs are like, and those are, you know, less than a month away right around the corner. So I think it was a really enjoyable time. And obviously, it's more enjoyable for the Las Vegas Aces when you jump out to one of the largest leads that you can possibly put up again, which has become quite the trend for the Aces. This is a team that frequently throughout this season has been able to put up some mind-bogglingly strong first quarter starts. I mean, I believe at one point, what was it, 25 to 5? And it wasn't even more than like five minutes into the game. What What is it about this Aces team that kind of the Commissioner's Cup game showed when they get one quarter and everything is clicking, it, they can go to the stratosphere with their offense. Yeah, I think at one point in the game, they had a lead of 23 points and they held Chicago without a three-point make until about halfway into the second quarter. Um, I just think, you know, they come out of into games and just the game plan is locked in and they're locked in. And I think when those things happen, you see a different Aces team than – when they come into a game and they're a little more like they just seem to be more focused, more locked in. And it, it starts on the defensive end, right? If you watch those first like five or six defensive possessions, there were a ton of deflections. They were getting out and passing lanes and getting steals and it was leading to transition baskets. And they have such good passers that if they get steals, Chelsea Gray can start the break. Jackie Young can start the break. Kelsey Plum can start the break. Even Diego Hambry and Asia Wilson can start the break. So them, you know, locking in on defense and then it leads to transition offense makes them a lot scarier as a team. And then they go out and not only can they find each other getting to the basket, but it opens up things where they can find shooters for threes in different places in transition. Um, but then, you know, they have other sides of it too. If you look at a, I think um, last week at home against Atlanta, right. They fell down at home 
in the first quarter by like 20 points. So their first quarters are usually very strong, but it seems like a lot of their games have been decided in that first quarter of the season. Yeah. There's one major exception, which we can kind of get into here later on in the show that I want to use as an example for something else. But you talk about kind of the amount of playmakers they have on the break. And it's interesting to see that one, that they had the ones that you mentioned in Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum, but then, out of their kind of their core five, it was the one who wasn't an all-star who ended up winning commissioner's cup MVP in Chelsea gray. And I look at kind of the way this team has been built and it, it was always kind of set up to be top heavy, but, but you watch a game like Tuesday night's commissioner's cup game. And when the top heavy is going well, it's hard to blame them for saying these are our five and we're just, we're going to ride with them. However we need to. Right. Yeah, and you know the depth has been talked about all season long as probably the number one or number two issue with the Aces is just they have good bench players. So Quanah Williams is a good player. Kia Stokes gives them comes in and good gives them good minutes. We're seeing a little bit of the growth and development of Ileana Repair, who remembers only like a twenty year old rookie. So there's some bench pieces that are starting to finally come together now, but all of their starters are under the age of thirty. Like they're horses. They want to run. They want to play. You know, it's three number one overall picks of the last couple of years. Like it's not an older veteran, like they're veterans, but they're also young veterans, right? And they have a ton of experience. Asia Wilson is MVP. You had four all-stars. All five of their starters have been all-stars at one point in their career. And I think, you know, you talked about like, why is Chelsea Gray all of a sudden, you know, why did she come out and have this big game? If you look at since the all-star break, I think she took that all-star snub personally and has been playing at a different level and it's, it's, you know, she can score. We all know she's great in that mid-range with that pull-up game. She's been getting her three back, but it's the passing. It's the transition passing. It's the, she had a bounce pass falling down the other day for a layup to Jackie Young. Like, she just seems to find a way to find her teammates open and make her teammates open with her passing. And that's the thing that I think is most impressive. That's why she has the nickname Point God, right? Because she right. makes these passes that are just ridiculous. And I've seen a couple of them in person where I just go, like, eyes big mouth gaping because it's just so incredible and that's the number one thing I think that makes this team special when they start passing the ball on offense and not trying to do things one-on-one they're almost impossible to guard and and the key I think to this core too they have worked really well and they obviously the the aces kind of changed a lot of things in the offseason their general manager Dan Padover left to Atlanta they decided to switch out head coaches and ask Bill Lampier to step aside so they could bring in Becky Hammond. They've added to their front office and have now Natalie Williams as general manager, but they've, they have chosen and for most of the season have been able to lock up all of these starting five players into extensions. Chelsea Gray has signed a two-year extension for just a little under 200,000. Kelsey Plum, a two-year extension for 200,000. Exactly. Dierica Hamby, two years, 169,000. Jackie Young, 165 for year one with a little escalator into year two. They had Asia Wilson locked up this offseason for two years, counting this year and next. So for this core, they know they're together this year. They're all together next year. And at least four of them are going to be together in 2024, maybe five if they keep Asia around. It, It seems like this group is the group that knows it's going to be together and kind of has built up over a couple of years now, especially since Chelsea Gray got there last year, but even for the others, they've been together for three or four years. But this group knows itself, knows how to play with each other, and is really clicking in a way that 
stands out in contrast to some of the other teams in the league, even some of the ones that they've faced a lot recently, where things have kind of been a little, you know, slap some lipstick on a pig and you got to try to make whatever you get get. This team is not like that at all. Yeah, this is a this is a team that's a homegrown talent team, right? Because you look at Chicago, Emma Meeseman, Candace Parker, those are free agent additions, right? You look at some of the other really good teams in the WNBA, it's adding other people, you know, in into the team to make them better. Four of the five starters were drafted by yeah. either Las Vegas or at one point San Antonio, right? So these are kids that are, are players that were drafted by this organization, have been developed by, you know, Bill Lambeer, now by Becky Hammond. They want to win in Las Vegas. When I talked to Dierka Hamby earlier this year, she's the most, you know, she's been with the franchise the longest. And I said, how important is it for you to win this franchise's first championship? And she says, it's more important. That's why I stay here. That's sort of the reason that keeps me here in Las Vegas and with this franchise is I want to be the one who says, I brought that first ring to this franchise. And you look at the team this year, the depth is going to be something they'll have to deal with in the playoffs. And, you know, also on the, on the defensive side of the ball, but this is probably one of their best shots with how good their offense is under Becky Hammond and just the number of, of players that want to play. Like, it's not that they, you know, everyone says, oh, they should play them less minutes. It's hard because Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum and Asia Wilson, they want to be on the floor. Like, they're not – they're yeah. young. They're, like, under 25, 26 years old. They have young legs. It's, so, to keep them hard, on the floor is not a, hard to treat, a bad thing. It's hard to treat them like veterans and kind of pull back off of the gas pedal when these are players who are all gas and no bricks type players, especially Kelsey Plum that way. I think Kelsey Plum gets offended when she plays one second less than 40 minutes in a game. And it's uh, the same with Jackie Young. She just isn't as vocal about it as Kelsey Plum, but Jackie Young and Kelsey Plum both want to be on the floor. If they could be on the floor 40 minutes a game, they would They would never ask to sub out. By the way, Dierica Hamby, a player who publicly responded to a tweet talking about how much money she had potentially available in free agency – and said, peace and mind and happiness are greater than money, and that her daughter wanted to stay in Las Vegas. So all things that uh, certainly factor in beyond just basketball and how much money is, hey, look, it's a good amount of money, and I can play with a good team, be happy here, and maybe win a title. And look, Las Vegas is a team that could win a title right now. And if you, as an interested fan of the sport of basketball, wanted to put your money where your brain was in terms of could Las Vegas be a team that we believe to win a WNBA title, you should head over to Bet Online, which has you covered with more props, odds, lines, and season-long futures. Futures bets allow you to kind of look ahead and say, like, I think this team's going to do it. And they have WNBA futures every day where you can, before the games get started on the day, check out who do you think is going to win the WNBA title this year, the Aces, even before the Commissioner's Cup, where Chicago had been rolling, where the one seed looked good, the Aces were still considered the betting favorite by Bet Online to win the WNBA championship, even over Chicago. And in the aftermath of this game, they certainly are. You can head over to betonline.net for all of your needs to bet on the WNBA. Bet Online, where the game starts. And now, Matthew, as we kind of look into this stretch run for the Aces, they certainly open here. We're recording this Friday morning. They have a game Friday afternoon for those on the proper end of the country, the West Coast, where the Aces are located. It's an afternoon tip-off. But they're playing two games against the Indiana Fever, which I must say, I, I understand the Fever have had a very 
unfortunate season, even though it was kind of built into how they looked like they were going to have this season. I think the Fever still have a win in them. It wouldn't shock me. It would surprise me, but it wouldn't shock me if they pulled off one of these two games against the Aces. You come down from the Commissioner's Cup high. You know, they probably hung out in Chicago for an extra day. You get to Indiana. You're playing two games on a weekend. Maybe the Aces get one of these They that catches them off guard. But if they kind of turn it up here, they still have one more game left against the Sky. They're only a game behind them. This They have this long road trip post-Commissioner's Cup that now is six games over these two weeks with five still to go. But if you get rolling, the one seed's still up for grabs and still yours for the taking. And that I feel like more so than maybe other teams, Vegas could probably appreciate that opportunity to be the one seed, couldn't they? No, absolutely. And I think, you know, playing at home for them at Michelobolt Arena, honestly, they haven't been that good this year there. Up until uh, they beat Indiana at home last week, they had lost four in a row at, or five in a row at home. So the home crowd hadn't been as good to them, but that goes into a larger problem of into the part of June and into the early part of July, they were just not the team that they were to open the season in May. They yep. were six and six. They weren't really finding their rhythm. The defense had kind of got to the doghouse and they seem to have found things since the all-star break. They've won five out of six. They won the commissioner's cup. But like you said, it's a five game road trip two with Indiana you have Atlanta, you have Washington, you have Dallas. So other than the two against Indiana, those are three teams fighting for playoff spots. And then you come home and you've got – you have a game against Chicago and then you finish the season hosting Seattle and Subaru's last regular season game. So their schedule is not – you know, the two games against Indiana are nice, but every other game on the schedule is is it not going to be an easy one. And well, really every team in the WNBA except for Indiana still is trying to either get into a playoff spot or set up their playoff seed positioning. So that's what we get in the WNBA this year is kind of pretty much every game except games that Indiana has both teams playing for something. Absolutely. And I think that's why for the Aces, right, that number one seed is, is important because you want to be at home as much as possible. And if that matchup with the Sky comes in, in the finals or wherever it comes, you would much prefer to play as many home games as possible in the confines of Michelob Ultra Arena. But this is, you know, this is an, a nine, eight game stretch for the Aces where they really need to figure out, like, can we sustain the defense that we've played since the All-Star break that showed up in that first quarter against Chicago in the Commissioner's Cup? And can we use that side of the ball? Because the offense is always there with this team, right? They score 80, 90, 100 points a game. As Becky Hammond says, that should be enough to win any game you play. So can yeah. the defensive side of the ball be enough over these eight games to propel them to the one seed, that's going to be the biggest reason and the biggest key. Well, and there was a point in time in this season where it was kind of like they started nine and one and were playing well, but then they lost a game to Connecticut where they gave up 97. And then those numbers, even in wins, the number of points allowed just kept ticking up little by little. There's a, a loss where they gave up 104 to Chicago. There's a loss where they gave up 102 to Minnesota. Then there is the 116 right before the All-Star break that you give up to New York. You even gave up 101 to New York in the most points in a single half in WNBA history. And again, you won in New York City and Brooklyn, but you still gave up 101. And I think it was, what, 73 in a single half, if I'm not mistaken. The, the defense has clearly had its flaws. What do you kind of see as part of the reason why it's had those flaws. 
Well, I think the first thing you have to recognize, and I asked Becky Hammond about this, and she said it's it's hard to gauge their performances on the defensive end on how many points they give up, right? Because they play a very up-tempo style. So when you play this up-tempo, lots of possession style, you're giving the other team also a lot more possessions, so it's more opportunities to score. So she said it's very unlikely we're going to hold teams in the 60s or 70s. So they gauge their defensive effort on different numbers. And at some point I have to ask her what those numbers are because I that's well, my next there, there's some ways to do it. I will point out their very last game of the regular season, they held the Los Angeles Sparks to 66 points. So it true. is possible. It, uh, it is it is possible. And, you know, their defensive efficiency rating before the All-Star break from June until – you know, right before the all-star break was something like 114. And for those of you that don't know, the higher the defense efficiency rating, the worse it is. And since the all-star break, it's at 99, which is just about average. But for the aces, the defense doesn't need to be superstar. Like it doesn't need to be where it was in early May. Their offense is so good and so efficient that if their defense is just good, they can win a lot of games, right? And yes, they held, you know, the Sparks to 66. Then they gave up 82 to Chicago, but Chicago is a much better team. They're a top two offense in the WNBA. And, you know, the Aces are putting up 89, 85, 90, 95 points a game. Holding a team to 82, you're going to win the game. So for them, I think it's 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 recognizing, A, you're not going to hold every team to 60 or 70, but it starts with communication. And that's the biggest thing that the players have talked about. When they're locked in on defense, everyone's communicating. Everyone's not just worried about stopping their own player, but being a helper, you know, being in passing lanes, being aggressive. You know, Asia Wilson talked about, you know, sometimes we forget that there are eight or nine other people on the floor, right? Sometimes we on defense just want to go, I had to stop the person in front of me, and they forget and don't recognize, hey, there's other people I need to help out. And yeah. you saw that a lot in that first quarter in that Atlanta game. That's why they gave up so many points and fell behind by so much. It's because they weren't communicating. They weren't talking to each other. They got very stuck in a one-on-one defensive mode, and it turned into – okay, now I got to guard my person and then other people were getting open and they were giving up points left and right. And this team has a bunch of really good defenders on it. I was going to say, in terms of individual defenders, Williams is a very good one-on-one ball defender. I'd say Jackie Young is a very good defender. Asia Wilson in the post for post defending is very solid. Dierica Hamby is maybe one of the more athletic and kind of versatile defenders in the league. Mm -hmm. There's a few players who you probably wouldn't necessarily say are great defenders at this point. You know, Chelsea Gray is a little slower than she used to be at one point in her career, but is a very smart defender. They have all of the people there, but you kind of, I, I tend to look at the, what was not the most recent matchup in terms of the Chicago Vegas matchup, but the one that was the only one that'll actually happen this season in Las Vegas until the end of the year where Vegas put up 41 points in the first quarter and had a lead, I believe it was 28 at one point in that game before Chicago stormed all the way back and ended up winning by nine. And that game kind of showed you the problems that they can have on defense. I think if people were a little unbothered by some of the defensive issues that had been starting to creep up, it was that night where it was like, oh, when this defense can completely fall apart. Yeah, and I think, you know, the other thing too is at that point in the year, right, there was no Raquana Williams. She was out with an injury. The repair wasn't with the team. So you're you're basically playing Kia Stokes, Teresa Plaisance, and Asia Shepard off your bench. I, I think you saw some of those tired legs. I think that was the part of the season where the Aces' depth started to hurt them. And now that you have some other players in the mix, 
you're allowing some other people to get rest. And I know we talk about these players don't want to rest, but it's a long season, right? They're playing the longest season in, in the history of the WNBA. It's very condensed because of the World Cup. So for them, at some point, the legs get tired, right? You, you just play so many games and you travel so much. At some point, your body's going to get tired. And, you know, that's why we said they come out and they have these great first quarters and then they've sometimes struggled to sustain. And you look at that New York game, right? They had a New York game that's coming out of the all-star break where they had a huge lead at the half. And then New York used a, a really strong third quarter and punched right back and got right back into the game with some three point shots. And that's the other thing. Their defense has really struggled at guarding three point shooters. And there are moments where like, if you look at that New York game, right. And I'm trying to remember, I think it was Sammy Whitcomb had like five threes in the third quarter and she made her first one. And then she made another and another and another. And it was like five in maybe six or seven possessions she made threes and that's where you need to recognize as a player, right? Like, okay, this person's on fire. I got to start to maybe pick it up a little bit. And it's tough because you're, you're trying to play matchups in the moment and sometimes things just get mismatched. But I think that's where the communication comes back, right? It's talking and knowing, you know, you have to help your teammates out, especially when you start to see someone get hot, but the aces defense, if you look at it for the most part, since that also break seems to have found that rhythm outside of that first quarter against Atlanta We'll see over this next five-game road trip if that continues. And like we said, it's nice to start with two games against Indiana. But no win in the WNBA is easy. You know, yeah. there's 12 teams. They're all talented teams. There's only 144 spots. Becky Hammond says there's no nights off. And she's right. Like, no matter who you're playing, you want to come out and put together, as Becky Hammond has said multiple times, we need to put together 40 good minutes on defense. She said this well, at, the, at, at the commissioner's company. I don't care about your offense. I don't care about your jump shot. I'm only going to play you if you play defense. And you mentioned three-point shooting. They give up the most attempts from three-point range and the most makes of any team in the WNBA, which, you know, again, they pay a high-place game. There's more possessions. They maybe also don't rotate as heavily to three-point shooters when they try to help protect. But then the problem becomes they give up the third-worst three-point shooting percentage of any team in the WNBA. So even if you allow a high-volume, when you're allowing a high-volume and teams are making them at a good clip, that's how games can get away from you if you're not careful and um the aces will certainly have an interesting road trip however when we do get the final matchup of the season between the teams that have now combated for the commissioner's cup the chicago sky and the las vegas aces that'll be coming up on august 11th you can join the staff of the next to watch that game using playback if you go to getplayback.com slash room slash the next you can join our fearless leader, our commander-in-chief, Howard Megdal. You can join Jackie Powell. I tend to kind of come crash these things. I know Matthew could pop around and maybe even pop in at halftime of the Sky Aces game. We actually have a playback that we're doing before that. I'm going to be hosting as a fill-in for Howard once again because I fill in for Howard whenever he says jump. I say how high, and we do this. We're going to have the sparks and the dream in a playoff showdown next friday august 5th then we will have the sky and the aces you can join the staff of the next at getplayback.com slash room slash the next and watch all the WNBA action and get to hang out with some fun people in a fun little way you can watch along with your cable streaming or WNBA league pass login that's playback getplayback.com slash room slash the next Matthew, as we turn to wrap up here and kind of take us to the end of the pod, what what thing 
if you are looking in this in a hopeful way, what thing are you taking away from recent that tells you this is a team that not only should be considered the title, uh, this team is clearly a title contender, but what would you think says makes them a title favorite? Uh, So I think it's two things. I think it's going back into the defense, right? The defense has been playing better. They're communicating more. They've got some more depth. So they're allowed a little bit more legs. And I think that's the number one factor. That's going to be the key thing that if they want to win a title, that's where everything starts. And Becky Hammond has said that since day number one of the season. Defense is going to win us this year. We have so many offensive weapons. Like defense is going to what's going to win us the game. And then sharing the basketball. When they've lost some close games, and I look specifically at a game that they had against Washington at home before the All-Star break, they lost in overtime. They shared the ball in, in the regular part of the game, and then they got to overtime, and they tried to play one-on-one, and they couldn't really score, and then they lost the game in overtime. So if they on offense, when they share the ball and they're not trying to play one-on-one basketball and they're moving the ball out of double teams and they're moving the ball out of blitzes on ball screens and they're trusting each other, that's when you start to really see them be an unstoppable, unguardable team on offense and then playing that offense out of their defense and sort of intertwining the two of them together that's when the Aces can really become this almost unstoppable elite team instead of just the really good team that we've seen for the majority of the season is when the defense is there, it's communicated, it's locked in from the jump, and then the offense is sharing the ball, moving the ball, and not trying to score and saying, hey, it's my turn because they want to play. And everybody, you know, as Beck Hammond says, they learn a lot of pick and roll, but the pick and roll is usually not to get either the two people involved open, but some of the teammate open based off of how that action works. And, and because of that, it ends up putting a lot on the plate of Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum in particular as their two primary ball handlers. But uh, given that they have won the last two MVP trophies that the league has handed out, I think Vegas would take their chances with that in terms of it. They might have another MVP on the roster, at least this season, if Asia Wilson wins the league-wide MVP. My final question for you here is do you think the WNBA can find a smaller an even smaller version of its trophy than what it gave to Kelsey Plum after the commissioner's cup, because they went a little into the joke there and gave her a smaller version of the small all-star game MVP trophy. Do you think if the aces continue to win and they keep getting trophy presentations, will they, will we continue to get a smaller one until we get all the way to the world's smallest violin type of trophy? I think if she, if the aces, whenever they give out any sort of playoff MVP trophy, if Kelsey Plum wins it, Kathy Engelbert will be there with another, like one of those ones that you get is like a little kid at the soccer tournament, right. Or the end of the soccer season, she'll have one of those little tiny ones. And I just think that the joke has this point is not going to die until the season's over. Right. Kathy yeah. came out with her jokes and everybody laughed and Kelsey laughed. And I think that it's just a running thing now with the whole team. And I think at some point, you know, she'll win a trophy that's big enough that it won't matter. But See- See, that's so keep bringing her the small ones. That's what I was going to say. You either you go all the way small and make it like literally like desktop paperweight type of small, or you go the opposite way at this point and you literally make it like as tall as Kelsey and give her like a five foot 12, you know, 11 inch trophy that way. I think, I think that's what we're going to do. The Aces certainly would love to find out if they are earning more trophies down the rest of the season. Matthew, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Where can the people find you and your work and anything that they wish to do if they want to follow you on? So all of my work, 
is on the next uh, hoops.com. Like uh, Alex said, I should have a piece coming out in the next couple of days talking about that Aces defense that we talk so much about here on I the think, podcast. I think that would not just be the next couple of days. I think if uh, you're listening to this on Friday, it'll be today. And if you're listening to this after Friday, it should already be out. Just a fair heads up. And if you're looking to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Matthew Walter 96. There's a lot of Aces talk. There's some Pac-12 and West Coast Conference talk thrown in there as well. And every once in a while, you'll see a random Bay Area sports tweet. But for the most part, it's a lot of Aces and a lot of fun. Give me a follow. And uh, I'd love to show you what the Aces are all about this year. I think he meant the Pac-10, but that's okay. Uh, It'll be the Pac-8 before we know it. Uh, you can follow me at Alex Simon Sports on Twitter. I'm also with Bay Area News Group. Head over to mercurynews.com slash sports to see whatever I'm up to over there. Thank you all for taking the time to join us on this lovely Friday, and we hope you enjoy your weekend. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.